Sapphire is welcome to Mad Science Films. I'm Jimmy P, filmmaker and sexual astronaut. First up, guys, please check out our fourth feature film for free over on YouTube. Just search for Little Monster or click on the link in the show notes below. This episode, I am joined by a very special guest, one that we've trying to been arranging to meet up for a while now, but we finally got him and myself in a virtual chat room at the same time. We've got Mr. Tom Lee Rutter of Carney Films. Tom, thank you so much for joining us, man. Absolute pleasure, James. Thanks for having me. So, so how long how long did you invest into Pocket Film then? <laughs> so, so Bella was like what one year of work, you know, shooting and editing, and then premiering it, and then so I premiered Bella in like July of 2017, and then April 2018, I was like, right, I'm ready for Pocket Film and Superstitions now, and then. You know, uh, we shot that first scene in April 2018. And then I had an inkling it was going to take a while, but, you know, not that long. <laughs> Five years. Right. <laughs> and was it always intent? Did you always have it in your head that this was going to be a feature length? Uh, yeah, project? Yeah. yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, um, but I just didn't know how long because obviously going back to the idea of pacing, I didn't know whether this was going to be just a big bombardment of information and people weren't mm. going to get, you know, into a rhythm of it or anything. So it was all a big gamble, really, until it came together. And then I saw that it was, what, 88 minutes long, which is probably the longest film I've made. And it, I think it, a lot of it was just down to just, you know, the kismet of filmmaking. You just don't know until you get there, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, pacing I mean... was definitely a concern. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, yeah, it, obviously, you know, if you were to do every single superstition out there, it would be, you know, like 50 hours long or, or whatever. Yeah. But what I like about it specifically, and, and again, it's probably no starter on my part, but, you know, when, you, when you've got something like pocket film of superstitions, it, it does very much remind me of those pocket books that we had as kids. You know, like I, I, I still remember one, which was, you know, just vampires. Though all, all of those books as a kid, I, you know, that was that was my favorite thing to do, you know. Was well, it to... obviously uh, it obviously uh, 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 reminds loads of other people of that as well because the amount of people that call the film pocket book, and I'm yes. like, I always think it's a film, it's not a book. <laughs> it it <laughs> rolls off the tongue. It... So again, if if I if I do the same, I do apologize. <laughs> a lot I, of people I, call I think it, I've been um... I've been referring to it as pocket film so far. No, but... it's fine. It, it it doesn't bother me. It's just it's, it's the fact that it's like it's a film, it's not a book. Uh, some people call it a pocket full. So they don't think it's called a film. They just think it's a pocket full, which I guess makes sense. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a film. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, rolling things back a bit, um, was, you know, the plan all along to do feature films? Or, you know, is, is it that you're happy kind of jumping between shorts and, and feature lengths? Or I definitely think in feature. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to have, you know, I'd love in my head, I'd love to have, filmography of features you know um bella was more of a case of um well i was in the middle of day of the stranger when i did bella because sure, day of the stranger sure. was just taxing and and i realized I'd, I'd bitten off more than i could chew sort of thing so yeah. i'd stepped back and made bella because bella just it didn't need to be anything really it just needed to be as long as it as long as it had to be and as long as i reached the half an hour mark then i felt if it's about 40 minutes, then to me, that's sellable on a DVD, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, can, I can knock out a, a self-release of it. And, um, but that just happened to be just the running time it was, where I think with Pocket Film, just generally because of the list of, super, I knew that was going to be feature them, but just not in a sort of, 
you know, traditional narrative sort of feature because I have sort of shied away from doing one of them so far purely because it's harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, you want to do a good job. So I've always just thought, well, what's the different way around this, you know? And that usually ends up going a bit avant-garde or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I suppose that leads kind of to my next question is, what inspired you to do an acid Western in the UK, man? Um, well, again, I think going back to other, watching other independent filmmakers build worlds. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, you've got Michael J. Murphy, who, you know, Indicator released that big stonking yeah. box set of his life work. He was making Peplum, Sword and sword and sandals like fantasy epics but you know on the beach of Portsmouth and, yeah. and and in his garage he was building sets in his garage so it didn't really matter where you are he just did it you know mm. and he was making what you know post-apocalyptic kind of Mad Max type films but so I just with that sort of spirit I felt well you know I can make a western round here and and we'd be kind of like out and about and we got a lot of sandstone here in in Kiddy and the surrounding areas so We've got a place called Hartby Common, which is on the way to Worcester. And you look at that and it's just, wow, you could have pictured cowboys there on a horse. Yeah. And, stuff like <laughs> and then you got like, you know, um, other locations with big sandstone rocks and stuff. So I just figured we've got the scenery. I might as well like, you know, I could do a Western here. Just a crazy idea, you know, <laughs> do a Western. And again, that was funny enough. It was about these April starts. That was an April, uh, April 2014 start that was. Something about the spring that gets you making films. And then that, again, was another process of, what, six years or something in the end? Purely because at one point that was going to go in the bin. But, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times I was thinking, right, I'm done, I'm done with this, this is gone. But, yeah, acid western-wise, I mean, obviously, you know, Alejandro Jodorowsky and El Topo. Um, and that, that was a life-changing film, you know. Watching his films are just, wow. That thing you talk about when... When you, you've, you've done with the horror films now, you're looking for something a bit more dangerous, a bit more kind of freaky. Yeah. And I saw a trailer for The, the Holy Mountain. Oh, and wow. yeah. it, pff, I did not know what to do with that information at that age, you know. And it wasn't until years later when I actually finally saw it. I didn't get to see it until um, Tartan re-released them all, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that trailer was like, what? was that <laughs> yeah if, if it's the same one i'm thinking of I, I think the main image that i always took away from the trailer and that is when jesus wakes up in the crucifix factory yeah and you're just like oh yeah I, I don't care what else is in that film i want to find out the context for that and i just figured like how can someone put all these disparate elements into one film how does that make sense you know yeah. so i guess film films that just encompass all genres and sat outside of genre that became really deeply interesting because it meant like you know, when people throw in anachronisms and stuff like this and mixing things up. And obviously, Master Yoda was the man for that, wasn't he, really? For for, for just throwing everything out of his head oh, yeah. into, into a yeah, film yeah. sort of thing. So I loved it whenever films did that. They become sort of like, wow, transcendent. You know, yeah. they seem to beat everything everything at the same time. Oh, and like Santa Sangre, Santa Sangre, that was another one. It was, wow, <laughs> it's unreal. I still remember seeing El Topo. Um, and again, I mean, the I, I rented it from a video shop thinking it was just a spaghetti Western. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 to be fair, it starts that way for, you know, maybe the first 20 minutes. You're kind of like, okay, it's, it's a bit weird, but sure. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, it just opens up into, yeah. I think another thing was, is that I, 
I um I never liked westerns growing up because my old man he's always into John Wayne and stuff, and I just could not act all that. Don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd sit with one of you know watch like Rio Bravo and I'm like, wow, you know, and it changed my mind. But I just grew up hating westerns; they were so dreary for me, you know. And then when you kind of break through with those like you know Leone films or the other spaghetti western films or whatnot, you realise wow, what a great genre that is, and yeah. you know, it's not one you see. You know, it's not one that kind of happens often, but every now and again, you get quite excited when a new Western comes out because you wonder how they're, they're going to tackle it, you know. And so, so, so with, with that with that film, was was that kind of self-funded or, you know, did you attempt crowdfunding or anything like that? Or I, I did. We did uh, really naively attempt crowdfunding to begin with. We realised we weren't primed for that at all because we didn't know all the work that, you know, in, in our... In our, you know, really stoned minds, we were like, "Oh, you can just put this crowdfunder out, then you'll get the money for it." <laughs> <laughs> and so that flopped, uh, and then it was just a case of, yeah, self-fund. Uh, I mean, I was working retail at the time, so I didn't have much money, but we're just putting it into the film, and then some of the actors would be just chipping in, and it literally cost next to nothing. That one, it really didn't cost much at all. Mainly just fuel to get to Wales and back, or over to the. Um, you know, whatever common we were shooting on at the timing around here. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I mean, again, it's still blowing my mind, that, you know, just, you know, the lightning bolt that kind of struck your head and said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do an acid Western in the UK. So yeah, you, you were, you were effectively self-funding it. And then in terms of shooting it, was it again, pretty much weekends then if you were working a full-time job? Yeah, uh, I think I was, I was essentially working more part-time then I think. Um, so we were fitting in whatever weekdays we could do weekends and we, we did have a really good momentum going to begin with. And then it, we just kind of hit a bit of a wall and, I realised I hadn't kind of refined the script in any way. In fact, the script ended up, the film ended up being shaped by editing in the end. It was purely through editing that we got a story out of it. And um, so a lot of it got cut. Uh, it was very dialogue heavy and it just wasn't working. And I, and I kind of lost a sense of direction with it. So if someone was to ask me at one point making that film, what's it about? I was, I'd, I'd be like, I don't know. I ain't got a clue what this film's about. Mm. So I was really just like, taken to the end of my, my wits with, <laughs> with with that one purely because we kind of just gambled into it and then realized oh hang on we've got to make this and and it's also got to make sense to some degree and so we're sort of reshooting it and writing it as we're reshooting it and then didn't like that so we'd reshoot again some things we, we shot like two or three times and then one of the lead actors got replaced as well right at the last minute which yeah. is ridiculous you know yeah I mean, this other guy, he was with us for three years on and off, just doing bits and bobs. And then his replacement, we shot him over two and a half days. <laughs> yeah, and considering, yeah, it's, it's again, not to go into spoilers, yeah, pretty much one of two main roles. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a lot, that's a lot. But do, do, do you know what, again, even even though I, I you know, I knew some of the, the background stuff before seeing it, watching it as just as an, you know, with my audience hat on, I wouldn't have known, you know, of any of the troubles. And you, you, you were saying about, you know, how much of it was kind of rewritten while shooting and in, in the edit. Again, I wouldn't have picked up on that because and maybe it's because it, it's quite like a lean film, the, the final film at least anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's obviously it deals with you know kind of existential issues and all of this but you know it goes from like a to b to c to d and you know that's kind of yeah. what i'm talking about when i'm saying narratively mm-hmm. it's it's your most straightforward of your films that i've seen at least <laughs> um yeah it, it for me you know hearing now that you know very much you know it was rewritten while shooting and well for the benefit was was when we recast the guy um i was able to rewrite those scenes and i was able to distill down what i needed to get across at that point because i think there'd been enough time passed at that point where i had a lot more clarity in where it should be going so i think yeah. i was given that opportunity to say right we just cut out all the chaff there and just get to the point there you know and that's why i think the latter half we were able to kind of move it along as quick as we did i mean at one point there was an edit on my timeline with the previous guy and the film had reached over 100 minutes. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what was all that stuff? I mean, I, I, I couldn't even tell you now. You know, really? So okay. So, I mean, like, big picture, was there any elements that were just completely subtracted from it wholesale? or? Yeah, there was um, at one, there was more scenes with the wife, I think, and there was more scenes with the priest, I think, uh, because they were so badly filmed. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that again at some point. And then, right, obviously, okay. at the time, never presented itself to do it again. So I just thought, right, that's getting edited around. And then at one point, we were still missing some vital scenes in my head, or at least vital at the time, that I actually decided to create a framing device where <laughs> this totally unrelated couple of you know cowboys are in a bar. you got an older one and then a young book, and then the older one tells the young book the story. Oh, wow. Which okay. didn't make sense because, you know, it's not that sort of film. It's more yep. reflective yep. of someone's own process of uh, death and, you know, the afterlife and stuff like that. Uh, so that one got scrapped as well eventually. <laughs> so I do uh, love, yeah, I do love trying, to find, trying to find my way out of it, thinking, how am yeah. I going to do this? You know, and then uh, it just ended up, I think the offer. So we shot Gary and Gary Baxter, he was in, we shot him in pocket film. We got him up for the day to film in pocket film. He's the devil in it. Yeah. Funnily yeah. enough. And, um, and then walking him back to the train, I was like, hmm, you know. And then my friend James, who helps out a lot on the on the shoots and acted him, he said, why don't you get Gary to be the stranger in the film? And I was like, you know what, it's not a bad idea. And I thought, hmm, maybe we could finish this film, you know. And, and then, so it came out of the start of Pocket Film. So these films, production-wise, are all overlapping at this point. Yeah, you know? I, I hadn't realised it was as late as you'd already started shooting Pocket. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, I've got to be honest, that's such a great news story, you know, in terms of, you know, feel-good thing for filmmakers to actually hear is that, you know, because I'm sure there's loads of filmmakers out there that have got short, uh, unfinished shorts or unfinished features. Mm. But, you know after a number of you know false restarts or whatever you finally came up with a way to finish it and that's that's massive man perseverance uh, isn't it you know that's part of what can, we can are you, can it? you watch the film now or is it still painful oh no it's not it's not painful to, in fact i'm always more surprised at how, how it looked because obviously there's so much in there of me not knowing how to use a camera properly and which is probably why I overcompensated on some of the grains sometimes because again it, you know looking at the now i'll probably get rid of all that lot but, you know, some of the vistas and some of the, the, the composite shots, and like, yeah, I love all that stuff. You know, it's great. It really does have its moments. But then there's just other moments where I'm like, oh. <laughs> I've got to be honest, I, I re-watched it twice recently. Uh, obviously, I think I think um, you shared a link with me a couple of years ago. And then re-watching it again, I was just like, because I think you were, you were very... Um, 
dismissive of it, it, it <laughs> the messages I, re, I was re-watching it uh over the past couple of weeks i was just like this is really good you know and with you know like from a narrative point of view a story point of view and where you know kane the journey he goes on and when he you know uh, comes into contact with with the stranger yeah I, I, was, I was fully on board man you know Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, that that was put again the anxiety of making that with with obviously Dale and taking him through scene A, scene B because the, he is in essentially he's in he's in all the every scene in the film, isn't he? Yeah. And because you can see a sort of hair growth fluctuation and you know sort of weight fluctuations, um, stuff like that. I just that I was like, right, I need to step away from if I'm going to carry on working full time, I need to step away from this sort of narrative filmmaking lark and and go for something a bit more you know that i can handle maybe more <laughs> which is funny because at the end of pocket film obviously john john r walker our friend john he he walks from one scene to another and he's air grows <laughs> yes <laughs> so i didn't quite get yeah, away from that the, the, the end interior to the exterior yeah yeah exactly even something. i picked up on that i didn't even escape that in the end did i so it's typical isn't it you know you try and find a new way and it'll always bite you on the ass <laughs>